I want Daniel Jones to be good so bad, like irrationally bad, just because of how they treated him when he got drafted. Like <laughs> when he got drafted, they treated him like he was literal shit. You know what I mean? They, the way they were talking about Daniel Jones getting drafted, it was like, this absolute trash. Why would the Giants even make this selection? And I felt bad for the guy. So ever since then, I've been low-key cheering for him. Like, come on, Danny. Danny, I need you. I need you to do something. But then he just doesn't do anything. And so I'm kind of tired of it. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pick and Play Show, where today, Leo and myself, your pal Gordo, we're going to be breaking down the NBA, some news, notes, game four coming up, big game, and then we're going to tackle probably the most popular division in all of, all of sports, the NFC East. So we'll break all that down. Let's get cracking. Leo, how you doing? As always, I'm doing excellent. I'm really excited about game four tonight, man. I'm, I'm fucking hype. I can't lie to you. I got my schedule a little mixed up, and I thought that game four was last night. So the entire yeah. day, I'm getting ready. I'm hype. You know, I'm making sure that the, the fridge is stocked. I got dinner figured out. And then I find out that it's tonight. So that was a little bit disappointing. But hey, now I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a big game. Honestly, more opportunity for me to make some money. I've been running through this playoffs. I am 41 and 27 betting Ooh. against the NBA playoffs. It's it's a hot one. Damn money. I, hit, I like it. I know. I'm on it. And then I've ran through the All-Star game. I had the home run derby almost all the way to the end. I had um How was the, the All-Star, All-Star game, game last night? Play. I know we don't do oh, baseball, but how was it? I didn't yeah. watch. It was great. I had the AL to win. They won five to two. I had Vlad Guerrero to hit a home run at five five and a half to one. He hit a home run. I mean, I had it all. Uh, I thought the game was fun. It was mainly just home runs and strikeouts, which is what you see in today's baseball. The stars were out. Shohei Otani hit like a five hundred and twenty foot fucking bomb. That guy's an absolute animal. Uh, he ba- he led off and started pitcher. I mean, that's nuts. When people talk about Babe Ruth. I mean, this is this is your opportunity to see something like that. We we'll never see something like this. Well, may, maybe I don't know. It's just so rare. Someone throwing like he's throwing and hits like he hits. I was a little confused when I saw when I first noticed him when he first appeared on my radar because I saw like I knew his name as a pitcher, you know, yeah. and so I, I'd seen his ERA, you know, his record, strikeouts, and all that stuff. But then I see him dropping bombs, and I'm looking at my TV mm-hmm. like, yo, what what was I missing? Well, have I been missing yeah. something? Like, cause, no, cause that, that sounds like a beast. <laughs> yeah, he beefed up over the last, like, two years. He's leading the American – he's leading baseball in home runs. The guy can just slam it. But let's get back over into the NBA real quick. We could get a little lost in baseball, but there's some things I want to talk about before we break down any of the game. I want to ask you, what is your perspective on Kawhi Leonard? And for everyone out there, let's just add some context. Kawhi Leonard is a superstar, very quiet superstar. However, you are probably one of the most difficult players to deal with from a front office perspective, and he is frequently hurt, and he's becoming more frequently hurt. He already does not communicate with your teams Kawhi Leonard just had surgery to reconstruct a partially torn ACL. 
He is a free agent with a player option to go back to L.A. So he could go back to L.A. and not play all this year. That is on the table. He can sign that, and L.A. is stuck. What's your take on what happens with Kawhi Leonard here in the offseason? Can we agree that money talks in general? We can agree on that? Oh, yeah. I think that that's the whole explanation. And If Kawhi Leonard's on your team, your team is making a lot more money than if Kawhi Leonard is not on your team, right? Because if Kawhi Leonard, if you have Kawhi, then you're a playoff team, you're a finals contender, you should be making all that playoff revenue, you should be making as much money as you you print money if Kawhi Leonard's on your team because you're a contender. Uh, And I think that that comes with the ability to call your shots. So I... I don't really know. If I was a Clippers fan, I probably might resent Kawhi a little bit because he's missed a lot of time. Now he's going into a, uh, an offseason where he can opt out. He's pretty much holding them hostage, right? So yeah. it depends on whose perspective you're looking at it. From mine, I get it. You know, I, I get I get his logic, you know, if he decides to sit out the whole year because he, he's under contract next year. So why not opt in and recover on the, time, on, on the company's dime, right? You got hurt on the company's dime. Yep. Uh, so I'm not mad at him if that's what he chooses to do. But if I'm a Clippers fan, I'm probably a little worried because it, you're either going to lose Kawhi or you're going to hand a giant contract to someone who just tore their ACL and has a history of getting hurt. So it, I don't think they have any choice. No, they I think they, they have to throw the entire bag at him. They don't have, they don't any, have any picks left. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They have to pay him. <laughs> they have to pay him. Right now, the Clippers are now signing up that they're going to have to pay Kawhi Leonard like a three-year, $40 million a year deal and hope that he sits out one year and then you get him back the year after and the year after that. And then he can be a free agent at 34, but he's 31 now. This is just very – this is One thing I know for sure is that I don't think Kawhi is playing next year. No, uh, I don't I'm, think he's playing. I'm right with you. We saw him not play when he did not have a partially torn ACL. He had an injury that no one still doesn't really know what it is. It was a hammy. It was a leg. It was something. He didn't even play through that. So I, I agree with you. I don't see him playing at all. I think he turns around and basically goes, who's going to throw the bag to me? I'm sitting for a year. Deal with it. And, I mean, if that's the case, the Clippers are going to have a high payroll and they're barely going to be a playing team. So I think that's pretty fucking alarming. Uh, but you don't have a choice. This is what the Clippers signed up for. No, they definitely have no choice. And as much as I'd like, you know, I'm, I'm sure Clipper fans are lighting their pitchforks and, and are heading to Kawhi's house in in anger. Uh, but two I can't do that. <laughs> All two of them, right? <laughs> but I, I can't do that because uh, if I got the opportunity to get paid $170 million or... Uh, to break it down for a one year, if I got paid $38 million or whatever he's going to get paid next season to chill at home and rehab, uh, I would 100% do that. So, yeah, I, I, I can't no blame questions. the guy. Nope, can't blame it. Uh, next thing I've got going into this game today, big revelation for the Milwaukee Bucks. If you play your gigantic athlete freak at the five, it becomes much more <laughs> difficult for the other team to manage. Uh, we actually saw something very similar to this in L.A. last year. If you remember, the Lakers kind of got into the finals and they could flip AD onto the five. Oh, yeah, that's the secret weapon. Just, and they just nuked people from there on out. I'm not sure if we just reach that point as we get a little briefing into this game tonight, the Suns versus the Bucks. 
him at the five, he fouled DeAndre Ayton out with ease and then dominated for another 40-point game. I think it's terrifying. They got no one that can match up with him down in the post if the Ayton is getting those fouls. Giannis at the five, one question for you. What took so long? Maybe he doesn't want to play at the five. I don't know. Like, with AD, that's the issue. It's not that Frank Vogel took until the finals or until the playoffs to figure out that AD at the five was good. It's that AD explicitly said, like, hey, I don't want to be logging a bunch of minutes at the five. It's taxing on the body. So uh, maybe it's a similar thing with Giannis. Like, hey, I'm putting in a lot of work. Like, you putting me at the five is even more work. I don't want to do that unless absolutely necessary. I hope that that's what it was because... I I pray that it didn't take that long to figure out that Giannis at the five was the key. <laughs> no, I mean it looks great. They can't stop him. Back. What answer do they have? Cannot stop him. He is a dominant force, and he he started getting fancy again in the middle of that Suns game where he was trying to shoot threes again, like shoot the ball from outside. And it's like Giannis, you have to understand that if you decide to go downhill on a team, and it's in your brain that you're getting to that rim. That's it. You're getting to the rim, and you're going to score. Now, they might send you to the line like they did last time, and you, if you go 12 for 17 like you did, there's no one beating you. But it is, you know, for me, it's very interesting to watch these teams get to the last possible second and then flip to these rosters. And I can understand the players going, hey, I just, you know, I don't want the time. But you really are waiting, even for the Lakers. They waited till the last minute, and then we're like, okay, this is actually the best we have. Uh, and I, I guess you, you play your cards and you can play them, but this is the finals. And, and now it's a trend of two years in a row where you, the, the most athletic, tallest guy on your team who's a superstar finally plays the position that they were really born to play. And all of a sudden, they excel in an unstoppable. It's just an interesting dynamic where it's kind of a, hey, I don't want, I just don't want to play there. Uh, it's it is taxing, like you said. It's a, it's a lot of minutes. It's got a lot of big guys. I'm just not into it. It's interesting. It, it's just an interesting trend of going, hey, we're not, and you know, the team basically having to go to the player and be like, look, we you have to do this now. There's no more time. Even when it reveals that they are an unbelievable, unstoppable superstar. Like it is with Giannis right now, 40, 40 points back to back, crazy shit in the finals. It, it, right. it, it's a little interesting. Heading into game four, Giannis is averaging 34 points, 14 rebounds, five assists per game. And mind you, game one was a game where he took, what, like 12 shots or something like that? Middleton yeah. got 26 yep. of them things up. I don't really know what was going on in game one, but we don't need to talk about it. Maybe he was still a little hurt, shaking off the rust. Yep. We'll go with that. This man's averaging 34, 14, and 5, and it's not a 34, 14, and 5 that doesn't feel sustainable. You know, in the last episode, you asked if I thought that he could keep it up, you know, and then in game three, he was even better than he was in game two. (laughs) And I really think that that's just how this is going to go. What are they going to do with Giannis? I've been saying this whole time, they don't have anyone on the roster that's a threat to him. Aiton, if Aiton plays the best basketball of his life, he can slow Giannis down. But asking this guy to play the best basketball of his life for the next four games, that's a tough ask. No, you're going to need other people to step up here. Here's the weird thing about this. Aiton had dominated the first quarter of the game. Got three fouls. Was eliminated. Aiton's the one who can hold it. I I had said that the MVP for the Suns would be Aiton. I mean it. 
The most important person to stopping the Bucks is DeAndre Ayton. He is the most important piece watching in the rest of this series. I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to go, did Giannis foul out? Did Gian, not Giannis, did Aiton foul out? Did Aiton have five fouls? Was he in trouble the whole game? If the answer is yes, the Bucks won. If the answer is no, then the Suns won. I'm going to tell you, that, and that's been the trend so far. He, he, get, he keeps the boards clean. They got hammered on the glass last game with him out of there. Without DeAndre Aiton, they have no one to match up with the Bucks size, and they're completely left in the water. Chris Giannis Paul needs to in, put that pressure on the refs. Like he yep. and yep. It, the same thing he did in game three, go at a and over and over and over and over. Aiden's not big enough to deal with him anyway, not in terms of size, nope. but just in terms of strength. He's not big enough to deal with Giannis for a whole game. So put the pressure on the refs, make them call it, especially There's in no Milwaukee. You might enough. not get that call in Phoenix, but in Milwaukee, you're probably getting that call. So I expect to see the same strategy tonight. We'll see if it works, but. He needs to go at DeAndre Ayton's neck over and over and over. Like yep. that Marshawn Lynch, you know, you got to run at a motherfucker's yep. face over, over and yep. over and over. Yep. And eventually Breaking they won't want to deal with it. That's exactly how Giannis needs to approach game four. I like I like this for to be the first Ken. I like Ken. Jesus. I like this to be the first <laughs> Chris Middleton sighting of the finals. I like this to be the first Drew Holiday signing, uh, sighting of the finals. I think hey, his game three a, was okay. Drew Drew played a it, good game in Game Three. It was okay. It we're was still okay. waiting on that Middleton game. We're yeah. Well, guess what? You, that's what you fucking get with Chris fucking Middleton. <laughs> you get a okay player on the road and a good player at home who's very emotional and can get disengaged from the game very easily, and even when getting wide open shots, can miss them. And we see that temperament with him. He's he's still a very good player. Twenty two points. But, you, you you know, he's just got to do at the playoffs. He's averaging 22 points, which is still low for what you're expecting out of him. But you just got to get more from him in this game. Him and Holiday have to do a better job participating in these games. It's not a um, – and we haven't seen him. Uh, the other thing that scares me about this, though, I, to be honest with you, I think this could be a Chris Paul and an a uh, Booker game. They both basically sat that whole second game. So okay, I, I don't you like the Booker revenge game then because game three was I tough like for this Book. to be a bloodbath. I think mm. this is an unload the cannons on both sides bloodbath. Yeah. And okay, I mean, so we're gonna get our first close game of the finals because none of these have been close at the end. No, it, I don't. It, I don't know if it's going to be close. I know that it's going to be a. I, so I don't know, obviously, but my crystal ball sees a one eighteen one twenty four game. Mm. You know, just more points than we're expecting to see than we've really gotten in the past from these two teams. I I think that neither one's really shot the three ball exceptionally well, so that can still pop up. We saw Chris Paul and Booker get pulled to just sit. Chris uh, DeAndre, uh, Devin Booker, shooting three of 14, one of seven from three. This has been a team that he has not shot very well over the last two games and has still manufactured one of those wins, even in the face of Giannis scoring 40, 41 points, 13 rebounds, six assists. I, I think this, I don't see, I don't see, 
I don't see Giannis scoring less than 30. I don't see Holiday scoring less than 22. I don't see Middleton scoring less than 25. I don't see Chris Ball scoring less than 22. I don't see DeAndre Ayton scoring less than 20. I don't see Booker scoring less than 20. I think this is a give it everything because if the Suns can push us to 3-1 with home games coming up, they're going to be able to close it down. And the Bucks know that. All the teams are very, very aware of what's at stake in tonight's game. And I think it is an empty the cannons game on both sides. We'll see what we get. I think it's going to be the most entertaining game of the finals for the whole series. I think this is going to be it. I think I agree with some of what you said. I think that the Suns are definitely going to come out with that energy tonight, right? Because they know if they win this game, they are pretty much, they're not guaranteed because we saw what LeBron did, but it's it's almost locked in if they can win tonight. For that reason, I think the Suns are going to come out firing. Firing the cannons. Yep. They're going to be swinging haymakers. And I think we're going to know what what we got in store in the first quarter. Like, if the Suns come out and they get out to, like, a 28-12 to 12 lead, you know, because the threes are falling and Milwaukee can't get it going, then it's going to be a Suns night. If Milwaukee can withstand, because it's going to be that first quarter run, if, Miss, if Milwaukee can withstand that and keep it close in that first quarter, I think they eventually pull it out. And if we end up 2-2 after tonight... You got to feel good about Milwaukee. They got to feel good about themselves. They've really been the better team in two out of three games. They Unfortunately, they only won one of them. But they, I thought that they were the better team in game two, and they showed to be the better team in game three. So uh, they're going to have a lot of confidence that they can get that W tonight. 2-2, two, two, if, if we're 2-2, two, two, I, I got the Bucks winning for sure. Yeah, I think that if it goes 2-2, two, two, we're going to see a seven-game series. I think we're locked into that then, and that – Fantastic! I'll take the best player in a seven-game series, which would be Giannis. Uh, but I'm hoping that list goes at least six. I do think the Suns can win this game tonight. But again, I'm good. My money is going to be on the over. I have a 41-27 record from the start of the bubble. Not start of the bubble. Start of the play-in. Been pretty good. Winning at pretty much everything. That's where I'm going tonight. I'm banging that over. Big money. All right. Big money, man. Okay. NFC East talk. Mm. Big time. Mm. Big time. This division probably has more old heads in it than anyone else. We got the Washington football team, which we don't even know what they're going to be called in a year. The Philadelphia Eagles. New York football giants. And the Dallas Cowboys, who have never been America's team. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's go ahead and break this down. The, let's start like we've been doing at the bottom. According to Vegas, the Philadelphia Eagles are 5-1 to one odds to win that division. Anything you like there? There's a... Mm, I was going to come off the top rope with a hot take, but I had to reel myself in here. There's a, <laughs> <laughs> this is the NFC East, and all of these teams, I don't think that any of these teams really separate each other, separate from each other that dramatically. So I guess there is a non-zero chance that the Eagles win the division. I was going to come off the top rope and say no fucking way. Uh, But there's a way. There's a way that it could happen, I guess. I don't like the odds, though. I don't like anything about this. So so that's, that's not true. I like a little bit of their interior defensive and offensive lines. I think they have some talent. I think the defensive line, when they won the Super Bowl, was the most depth that any team had at defensive line. They could rotate through and stay fresh, which was a big deal. Late in that game, forcing a, a errant pass and, a, and an interception to really seal it. 
Uh, that has really dwindled away. This team really showed to be a bit of a shit show. To recap for everyone what happened, the Philadelphia Eagles won one of the most improbable Super Bowls of the last 20 years, losing their MVP quarterback, MVP caliber quarterback at that time, Carson Wentz, to an injury, and then riding Nick Foles. Uh, first, they ran the, they rode their defense for two games, and then Nick Foles lit the world on fire going absolutely apeshit. Since then, a few years ago, the team completely collapsed inward like a dying star. Carson Wentz is in Indianapolis. Doug Peterson is collecting soup. There is nothing left from that team. Nick Foles is the third-string quarterback we talked about last week on the Chicago Bears. So, they have a new coach. The GM apparently wants a yes man and a yes man only. That never translates to football wins. Uh, as soon as the coach established himself, which was Doug Peterson, their front office went absolutely apeshit. A principle of mine is never to bet on a team whose front office is making football on-field decisions. I don't like it unless your name's Bill Belichick and you're the head coach and the GM. I think this team is going to flat out suck all year long. See, I think that they have some potential. That's why I walked myself back when I was going to come off the top rope because I like Jalen Hurts. I know a lot of people don't like Jalen Hurts, but I do. Uh, and I'm kind of curious to see what their offense looks like this year uh, with him at the helm because I, I think that they could get a serious run game going if they try to use him kind of like how the Ravens used Lamar, like embrace the fact that he's a really good runner and, and create some plays off of that. And that'll create lanes for Miles Sanders, yada, yada. You know, I just think that there's a there's a path for their offense to being good. I don't know if it will be, but if the offense is good, then they have a shot because this division, like I said before, there's nobody runs away from the competition. You know, there's no clear. Uh, I don't think, at least, what do you think? Is there a clear best team? Well, we're gonna get to them. Okay, but I, I, I know who you're gonna NFL say. Bet I've made this year. It's the only <laughs> I know NFL who you're bet I've already, already made this year. <laughs> okay, yeah, All right. I already locked it in. But and and to your point, they do have some talent they can make out. Some of the big problems I have is. You want to talk about Jalen Hurts and, and his ability. So I did like him going into last year. He did some things. And again, that goes with the whole turmoil. They're, they're still undecided of who's going to be their quarterback, which is real fucking stupid. It's more that goddamn mind games. You know who your goddamn quarterback's going to be week one. At least I hope you're going to do that. Did but you see the rumor today about their quarterback? I'm sorry to cut you off. Deshaun? But yes. Talking about Deshaun? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. It was a Shefty that, talking about it? Yep, and that kind of goes to that whole front office. So what scares me about hearing things like that is if they really like Jalen and, and all the baggage that comes with Deshaun Watson right now, you know, if you don't land him, you are saying a lot about your team. And Shefty's, Shefty is in with front offices. So one thing I'm going to do, I don't know, this year or next year, is really start to understand – which of these insiders are getting their information from players, who's getting their information from coaches, and who's getting their information from agents. They're, they're basic, or I should say coaches and executives. There's three branches to where information can come from, and people run in different circles. You have someone like Woj, uh, who's famous for it in the NBA circles. He is in with all of the executives and the players. He is The players love him. 
the agents love him the front office loves him he stays in between it all he's very in touch and he helps facilitate things he is someone that breaks almost all news like shams a lot of people have other avenues they break news from like Schefter, who seems to be more in with executives uh pro football talk seems to be in with people's agents there's a whole like dynamic with it but you know I, I i digress off that to get back to the philadelphia eagles roster a little bit here and we talk about jalen hearts and one of my problems have with this team is even if they use him in a lamar structure i don't think they have the defense but they literally have no talent around him to catch a ball here are the wide receivers on the depth chart right now you tell me which one of these you even want jj arcega whiteside no sir jaman yeah jaman Ospan. no travis sir. fulgram no, sir. John Hightower. No, Jaylen sir. Jalen Rager. Devontae ah. Smith. Yes. Maybe. Okay. Michael Walker. I don't even know who that is. Right. Exactly. Uh, Greg Ward. No, thank you. Quez, Quez Watkins. That's who he's throwing the ball to. They have no one on their team with no one on that wide receiver core with more than three years experience. And the three years are Travis Fulgram and Greg Ward. It's just, it's there's no one there to really help you out. You have Zach Ertz. They talk about trading him nonstop. You have Dallas Goddard. That's great. The offensive line should be a little healthier this year. Remember, their whole their whole offensive line got hurt. Uh, they have Lane Johnson, who's a great tackle, win healthy. He's getting up there at nine years. It's not so much important for tackles. But they really don't have anybody else that's going to be able to fill in for that line. Uh, they, they have players who are on their downswing but have always been a rock. Uh, in people, uh, what is it, Kelsey, the other Kelsey, not, uh, um, oh, darn it, not uh, Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, and they got my boy Joe Flacco backing up at quarterback. But Oh, you know, no. I just, Hold on a second. <laughs> That's yeah. where Joe ended up? <laughs> yeah, I just saw that. I feel like we're going to see Joe at some point. Uh, I, might, I, I like might. Hurts. I like Hurts, so I'm not saying yep. he's going to get benched. But I just feel like at some point in the season, for whatever reason, we're going to see Joe. Joe always pops up. Joe Flacco, Jalen He's the Hurst, inevitable. <laughs> yep, he is inevitable. I, I just I just have a problem with the way this roster is constructed. I think it lacks a lot of outside talent. I think it lacks secondary, uh, secondary depth. I think it lacks linebackers. I think there's a bunch that this team really doesn't have. And on top of it, the front office turmoil is going to lead this to be a team that gets picked on a lot of times this year. Do you think that Philly ends up with a top five pick in the 2022 NFL draft? Um, let me take a walk through that list real quick. Teams, I think, that are going to be up there. Detroit. Yep. Houston. You know, this is all bending on that Watson. Here's the other thing. The league has not suspended Watson yet. They will if the season gets closer and this isn't figured out. That's coming. They just don't want to add to it right now. So they're going to wait a bit. But he's probably not going to play. So you're really the teams that are going to be going for a top five pick, in my opinion, right now are the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. If Denver can't upgrade its quarterback, they could be in that situation again. Jacksonville, Houston, Detroit, and then depending on where you like him or not, a team like Carolina, you got Sam Darnold. I mean, what are you expecting? So there's like six teams that are going to be fighting in that spot. I think Philly's going to be a little more competitive because their division's going to be a little easier. But if you were to say in or out, 
I'm going to say in. I'm saying they're drafting in the top five next year. Okay, I'm not mad at that. That list that you laid out made a lot of sense. The only team that I would object to, shockingly, is Jacksonville. I don't think Jacksonville is going to be great by any terms, but I don't think yeah. they're going to be bottom five bad. No, and they. it just depends on what happens with Lawrence and how that team kind of develops. They've kind of been a circus, man, uh, this offseason, so I don't know how that works for <laughs> and every other offseason coach. It's and and they're bad every off season. So you know it's it goes hand in hand. They do draft talent. It's it's weird they do. They have drafted a lot of stars. They just can't seem to get it working on the field. But we'll see what happens. Top five. That's going to be close. Like if you said top eight, I I stamp that a hundred percent. Okay. All right. Next next team in that division, which really I'm not sure which direction they're going in. New York Football Giants, three and a half to one to win that division. What are your thoughts? Saquon Barkley. Most of my thoughts surrounding the Giants surround fantasy football, to be honest. I'm not really looking at the Giants as a real playoff contender, Super Bowl contender. That's not really where they're at in my head. And since I'm not a Giants fan, that's where me caring about what the Giants have going on kind of stops. Uh, I'm very interested to see Saquon. Saquon is he's the the cash cow over there, right? He's the star. He's the reason why we turn Giants games on. So I, I'd like to see him on the field. He's been hurt. He's been hurt a lot lately, actually. So I, I'm excited to see Saquon back on the field and see if him with Daniel Jones, with these receivers that they have around him now, they got Kenny Galladay. That'll be interesting. Uh, but all, all of this is like fantasy football interest. I don't actually expect them to be a contender at the end of the day. I'm not really going to touch him in fantasy football. I'm, I don't even know what's going to happen. I'll take some Kenny Galladay on my team. Uh, yeah, some Kenny Galladay. I just think that he's going to go higher than I than I want him to. The New York football giants are in complete put-up-or-shut-up mode. You either make the playoffs this year, or frankly, it was a disappointing year. Not saying you got to win your division, but you got to punch into one of those playoff spots or at least come down to the last week of the year and you got a chance to punch it in. And not like last year where you were like, man, it's six and 10, we can punch our way in. No, I mean, like, you got to be nine and eight. You got to be 10 and seven. You have to be in this towards the end. I just don't see it. I think they're going to have a real feisty defense. I think that, that you know what? This team's going to be a lot like Miami was last year. Mm, okay, I, I like that I, I think they're going to be a lot like Miami. I don't like the coach as much as I like Brian Flores. Um, I also think the top half of this division is going to bounce back a little bit. So I'm not real keen on New York. I think it's a put-up-and-shut-up year. I think 9-8, and 10-7 and is about where they can get to if things break right. I am not a Daniel fucking Jones fan, though. So every time that I look at the roster and I go, there's some great pieces here, good pieces there, I don't really think they did anything in the offseason to really make them special. Uh, but they've put pieces around. They've put pieces around Daniel, and now it's going to be up to him to make that happen, and I don't think he's capable of that. I've seen nothing, nothing that makes me think he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL that can win you games. And that includes his speed, which we saw last year. Um, Daniel Jones has actually some burners and for a while was the fastest running quarterback, uh, you know, and, you know, radared running on the field. But during that fastest run, remember, you, this, you may jog everyone's memory out there. Remember, he was running down the field, no one around him, and he just tripped and fell and like, fell yeah, on his fucking face. That was tough. That right. was tough. Right. I just, you know, count me out on that guy. Count Bro, me I out want... on the guy who can't even run. 
I want Daniel Jones to be good so bad, like irrationally bad, just because of yeah. how they treated him when he got drafted. Like <laughs> when he got drafted, oh, yeah. they treated him like he was literal shit. You know what I mean? They the way they were talking about Daniel Jones getting drafted, it was like well, this absolute trash. Why would the Giants even make this selection? And I felt bad for the guy. So ever since then, I've been low key cheering for him. Like, come on, Danny, Danny, I need you. I need you to do something. But then he just doesn't do anything, and so I, I'm kind of tired of it. Yeah, <laughs> I just think they 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 don't really have a great way of getting to the quarterback. They don't really have a great way of. Pre- they're going to be one of those stingy defenses that gives up like 18 to 21 like points a game, 24. And you're like, oh, this is like a pretty stout defense. Every once in a while, they'll stand up and really stick somebody that can't stretch the field. But this, to me, is a team that's just not there across the board. I, I don't see the top-end talent at multiple positions. Besides Galladay, I don't like – I don't really like their wide receiver room. So – even with Galladay, I'm like that's. I fine. mean, they I'm got Sterling, fan of him. Sterling Shepard. They got Galladay. They just drafted Kadarius Tony. I don't know how you feel about Kadarius Tony, but they just drafted him. Evan Ingram at tight end. Uh, Saquon at 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 they running back. Ross, they, I, I feel like they got it's, some guys for Danny. It's time to to yeah, do something with yeah. that. They got some guys. I'm just besides that position. I don't really see a big top talent across the board. And even look, that wide receiver room is mostly full of people that have underachieved. Uh, you talk about Sterling Shepard, John Ross. A lot of these people are one-trick ponies that are really limited. And, yeah, you draft a rookie, but as a fan of the Ravens, I can tell you drafting rookie wide receivers doesn't have to mean literal fuck-all. So, you know, I, I just I have the Giants as a team that I look at and I go, You've got some good pieces. You're not going to be incompetent. I think your coach knows what he's doing. I think your quarterback doesn't. And there at the end of the day, as the games get tighter, I don't know if it yields wins. Fair. So that's where I got. All right. Flipping to the football team. The Washington football team. Right now, Vegas has them as plus 260 to win the division. This is the mystery team. I have already made a bet on the Washington football team to win that division. I have. I knew they were the team you were talking about. That's I knew the it. fucking team. The Washington football team will have the best defensive line. Now, I'm, this is no change from where I was last year. They will now have the best defensive line in the NFL. They will have a. They have a good linebacking core. They've got decent corners. Ron Rivera is a defensive coach that can continue to coach that up. They have Jack Del Rio, who is a great defensive coach. And now on the offensive side of the ball, they have something they haven't had in really since RG3, and I'm not even going to count Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins does not sling the ball with abandon. Kirk Cousins, uh, Kirk Cousins like hedges his own throws. It's like he puts 60% into every throw. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick is kind of what this team needs. They have, I am in love with their roster. I love it. I think that Dallas is getting a lot of shine for a quarterback coming off a completely shattered ankle and a running back who cannot hang on to the ball at all. We'll get to that in a second. But the Washington football team is going to sport the best defense in that division. I don't think close. I only think it's close. I think they have the best defense. I think they've got two, you know, the Dallas Cowboys have a fuckload of wide receivers. But the Washington football team's wide receivers are nothing to scoff at. They have they have fucking players. 
Their offensive line is pretty good. They, they would have loved to have been able to keep Trent Williams now. So they have some problems with their tackles. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is mobile. He's a gunslinger. He'll keep the ball downfield. I love it. And I'm going to go a step further. I think that these people are going to be exactly where you want your fantasy wide receivers at. I think that if you can get uh, Terry McLaurin, take him. He is going to have a crazy good year. I think people like Curtis Samuel are going to have a good year. They are going to have people that pop up out of nowhere. They've got possession receivers like Adam Humphreys. This is going to be an offense that is exciting, unexpected, and they're going to blow people's doors off this year. I'm glad you brought up the fantasy uh, element of this this team because as much as I'm excited for Terry McLaurin and for uh, Deami Brown and all the weapons that they have in the passing game, I think that they are running back Antonio Gibson is going to end up yep. being the best fantasy player in the division this season. I think he's going to have a monster year, especially if you're playing in a PPR format. That man, Antonio Gibson's nasty. He's a big guy, and I love the way he runs. I think it's just a matter of time before he blows up. And I think that's going to be this year now that you actually have to respect the passing game. Because he did pretty good last year, and you you didn't really have to respect the passing game that much. So I, I think it's going to be a big year for him. So I got a question for you, too, to go with that. I was going to yep. wait until we got through all the teams to ask you, but since you bring it up, I'm just going to go ahead and ask you now. Can you give me the NFC East uh, power rankings for defense only? Uh, because you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at identifying yeah. the good offenses. You know, I got a good eye for an offense, but with defense, it's a little trickier for me. So what are the defensive power rankings in this division? Football team, Giants, Eagles, no one. Ah. <laughs> I'm not even going to... Right, let's Dallas get right to show him. Me, let's get right yep. to him. Yep. Dallas. Uh, what do you look, need to see from them? I need something on defense. I mean, I need something. So, here's the thing. Last year, Dak Prescott, before he got hurt, was on pace to shatter the yardage record. He was going shatter crazy. Shatter by like a thousand. Yeah. Now... They also were horribly mangled and down in every single one of those games. Something people are just casually forgetting is that when Dak Prescott was healthy and that whole team was healthy, they were shit. They couldn't stop anybody. And their, off their offense couldn't hold on to the ball. The defense couldn't stop the ball. I don't know where you're going to plug any of those holes. I don't know. I have no idea where you're plugging those holes. Ezekiel Elliott's still there. He was a fumble machine last year. The offensive line is not good. The defensive line is worse. Their secondary is Swiss cheese. Their safeties are non-existent. Congratulations on having three number one wide receivers. They better be Shohei Otani and be able to flip over and play some cornerback too. They got to be two-sided here. I don't like anything with the Dallas Cowboys except betting against them. Yeah, I tried to see like what kind of big offseason signings that they had or what they did to fix all the issues that they have, and I'm not seeing too much of anything. Yeah, uh, they, they drafted Michael they, Parsons. I mean, that, that, that'll help eventually. And maybe I a rookie linebacker probably isn't helping. <laughs> right. That's my biggest problem with this is when people turn around and they go, oh, they drafted these rookies. I go, everyone drafted rookies. You know, everyone drafts rookies, and, and a lot of teams suck. So, so there's got to be something here that doesn't match up. 
just drafting the rookies going, okay, good, we got our linebacker. He'll fill it out. No. <laughs> no. You, you lose a defensive stalwart who's been there a long time, finally retired. Um, God, now I just blanked on his name. I just had it. But they, they, they're basically going to have to go into this year without any real change. They fire their defensive coordinator, which, great. But you don't have any talent. Like, this has been a bad team. We don't know if Mike McCarthy can coach, as all we've seen is he left Green Bay. Green Bay continued to do exactly what they were doing, which is win divisions and win 13 games. So I don't know what he was doing there. He made up a huge lie about what he'd been doing in the offseason. I see a man who is disconnected from his football team. And when I look at their signings in the offseason, just who they went and got, they did pick up Jaron uh, Curse. That does nothing really for me. They've waived their centers, tight ends, some, some uh, fringe wide receivers. They just didn't add anybody that I go, okay, the defense is going to be better. And the offense is now going to be able to consistently put points on the board. The only time they turned anything over, again, is when they were already getting beat like dogs. And it was exciting, sure, but you're getting beat like dogs to put up that yardage. So, I don't know. I don't have too much to add on to that, but the name that you were looking for was Sean Lee. That is the linebacker Sean that Lee. retired. Yep. And, and there used to be that long-standing thing with Sean Lee, and this is like going back, you know, take take last year out and then go back five, six years in a row. There used to be a stat where it said, with Sean Lee in the lineup, the Dallas Cowboys are like the 15th-ranked defense. Without him, they're a bottom defense. Well, last year when he deteriorated, Vander Esch did not step into that spot, who also got hurt, and they were a bottom defense. I just do not see it getting any better um, and, and I've really, I, I don't, I don't understand the hype around this team. Dak Prescott destroys his ankle. I don't think that that's a pro or a good thing coming into this year. I see very limited upgrades. If I were them, I would have tried to move off one of one of my great wide receivers and pick up some other pieces. They still can. I just see nothing on this team that gets me excited for what they're going to be able to do. The Dallas Cowboys last year tied with the Giants at 6-10, and 10, which is absolutely pathetic. They gave up 473 yards la- uh, points last year. Uh, that's just so fucking many. I have no faith in this team. I don't see them as uh, the second coming. I don't see them as being able to rally. I think this is a eight, I would say a 7-9 to nine win team max. You know what I've noticed in going through these teams in the di- in the division right now? I'm pretty okay with watching all four of these teams lose. Like when, when I watch it, yeah. when any of these teams lose on Sunday, I don't bat an eyelid. I'm not like, oh man, what happened? If anything, I watch the highlights to watch them lose. I, I'm not a fan of any of the teams in this division. Like even as a casual watcher. No, I. I actually hate the Washington football team. Really, they're the ones that I can stand a little bit. Like Washington, I'm yeah, a little cool with. The rest of the three, I'm like, nah, you guys can get up. What I what I like about Washington is that is their defense with Montez Sweat and, and Chase Young. They're going to be beasts. They're gonna ha- look. That's going to be a good team, in my opinion. I think that that's they're going to shock a lot of people. I think they're an 11 win team. Um, I really like what they're going to be able to put together. I really fucking like that team. I am. 
I'm I'm high on the football team, and and their over under is eight wins. I'm going to be betting on that too. I think that's easy. They had seven wins last year with six different quarterbacks. The whole team got better. The whole team got healthier. They're drafting well. We'll see how their rookies do. On top of that, they get a full off season with Ron Rivera. Here's another little thing: Ron Rivera ain't fucking battling cancer going into the season and through the season. God bless him, but he went into last season battling cancer. And they still won the division. That team went through five fucking quarterbacks, won everything in their power not to let Alex Smith play. And then you get to it, and and I just don't think that they've got it to make that jump. I mean, I, I don't think that where they were last year to get to the playoffs, I think that was a huge hurdle to overcome. Uh, I, I really like what they've done now. Ron Rivera with a whole offseason. That staff is going to be in charge of it. Those players love playing for him. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's a guy everyone likes playing with. Is he going to fuck up some games? You're damn right. Is he going to fuck up some games on the other side of that statement? You're damn right. So I, I, love, the, I love what Washington football team is going to be able to do. I'm not high on the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not high on Philadelphia. And I think the Giants are like the perfect middle ground of this division where they go, we kind of got a defense and we got most parts of an offense. We're just missing the quarterback. So... And I'm not saying Ryan Fitzpatrick's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. I like Dak Prescott. I don't think he's overwhelmingly good. I think Ezekiel Elliott is a joke. And so this is where I land. I land with the Washington football team running away with this division pretty handily. If you're the Washington football team, why don't? is there any reason why you don't call Green Bay and hand them a blank check? Say, so, hey, look, if you're trying to get off of Rodgers, what do you want? Whatever you want, I'll give it to you right, right. now. Whatever you know, I got whatever you need, bro. I'll give you whatever you need. Chase Young and seven picks. <laughs> what the fuck like, do, you do you want? You let me know. Right? I'll send it to you right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that there's – I think the Washington football team should also be trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. Now, the only reason why they really can't trade for Deshaun Watson is because their owner, Dan Snyder, is a huge piece of crap. Like a lot of people. Like, we act like uh, – we act like there's good billionaires – but I don't, you know, there are very few. You have some like Bill Gates who people still don't like, but he saved like hundreds of millions of lives preventing malaria in like African countries. So you have some that do incredible things like that. But for the most part, the billionaires don't really do anything for society. And they're cruddy, shitty people because they're just above laws. And so the Washington football team has this investigation that yields, yes, they had rampant sexual that basically uh, misconducts throughout the entire organization that was full of people just acting like pigs. And in response to that, Dan Snyder promotes his wife, the CEO, going, there's only you know two other CEOs in all of football that are women. How can I be sexist? My wife is a CEO. It's an utter, utter sham of, of really human decency. But Besides that little charade that they're pulling, the rest of their football team seems pretty intact. I can understand not rooting for them because they're an absolute slug of an organization, and that's kind of why you couldn't trade for someone like Deshaun Watson because you already got labeled by the league and a fine levied out to the tune of $10 million, which is the same as like $6.40 to us. Um you already got levied that fine $10 million that said you were guilty. Then bringing in someone like Deshaun Watson would be like a full-blown catastrophic PR nightmare. But Aaron Rodgers works. You know, he's just a dick. But that, that would work. 
That would work. I, I'd, I'd make it through the. Honest to God, there's like four teams in the NFL, five teams that shouldn't be calling Green Bay. Everyone else should be fucking. What do you want? What do you want? We'll pay for your stadium. You know. What do you want? <laughs> All right. So before we close this thing out, you know I need the power rankings. We're bringing them back. Give me the NFC East city power rankings. Who? Um, now I'm gonna give you full disclosure. I have not been to Dallas. I have been to the other three. Yeah, that's the same. Dallas is the only one I haven't been to. Uh, Washington's okay, but it's just kind of uh, Philly. Philly's not great. New York is number one. New York's a lot of fun. New York's a lot of fun. I went up there twice, and it was it's just a great time every time. And I didn't even do anything like real like special. I went to a like dueling piano bar, walked through the heart of New York City. It was snowing, so Central Park was gorgeous. You're not going to see anything really like that in Philly. Um, I've never been to Dallas, but I only hear great things. I'm going to go New York 1. I'm going to go Dallas 2. I'm going to go Washington 3. And put Philly 4. Yep, those are my exact same rankings. I mean, really, I like the top three. Philly is the city that I've been to that I I did not enjoy Philly. Uh, I don't know if maybe I didn't go to the right spots or, you know, what what the issue was, but I just did not enjoy Philly. Uh, So I definitely got New York 1. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna give Dallas the benefit of the doubt because I do know people that live in yep. Dallas that say that it's amazing. So I'm gonna give Dallas yep. the number two spot. I really like Washington D.C. Uh, I really like that area. I mean, okay. um, anytime I've been there, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I like the people there. People seem friendly. The food. I can always find good food over there. So they really could take the number two spot, but I'm gonna give it to Dallas. Uh, but Philly definitely four. Yeah, I went to Philly for a wedding, and it was an okay time because I went to the casino and won like six. It was like it was like six, seven hundred bucks in like thirty minutes, and I was like, perfect. <laughs> I love um, Philly, and yeah, I love Philly. But besides that, there was some good. Like we went to the heart of downtown. We stayed in a pretty cool museum for the wedding. It was like in a some kind of like a touch museum. I can't even quite remember, but it was a good time. I was with all my friends, and 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 it was a wonder a wonderful event, beautiful event. Um, and, and, and it, I really thought that stood out, but the rest of the city, we didn't really have an overly great time exploring around, you know, hole in the wall bars that are just average. DC's fun. I'm just right here all the time. And I'm like, it's ah, overrated you know, to like, you because you're right there. I'm right here. You know, I get it. Like if you're not from here, it's funny. I talk about it with people and I'm like, when you're, when you live near these tourist destinations, you're like, I can a hundred percent see why people would, would love this. You know, I, I, I can see it. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot to see. There's a ton of museums. When you, like, can go to it whenever you want in, like, 40 minutes, it just loses a little of that luster. And you go there a couple times, and you run into different issues. Like, here's an issue. That fucking tram used to run till 2 a.m. They pulled it back and made it run till midnight. Well, now it's damn near impossible for me to get out of that fucking city without spending, like, $120 on an Uber ride out. And people don't want to take you out there. So D.C. for me, I go, man, your fucking public transport sucks. Just fucking sucks if you want to stay out. You want a day drink? Washington goes up dramatically. Nice free zoo right in the heart of downtown. You can walk through a bunch of great bars. If you're looking to day drink, D.C. is wonderful. Bunch of sights. You're looking to have a good time after. Just And you're not staying in the city. Just tough. But it's 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 not bad. It's it's a pretty good ranking of cities right now, you know. New York, 
Dallas, Washington. Those are some of the biggest metropolitan areas in the United States. And then you've got, you know, Philly. armpit, which armpit Philly, which is like Jersey. <laughs> you know, I feel like they got like, I feel like they have the same vibe. When you like, when I go, oh, Jersey, Philly, you know, I, eh, you could almost replace them like mentally. I'm sure there's people from Jersey and Philly screaming right now, going, oh, that's not true. You haven't even seen the city. Every fucking city says that. I'm going to be All fair right. and say Everyone. that I need to go back to Philly as like a full grown adult and really do it the right way. Because the time that I was in Philly, it was many years ago, but I did like the historical Philly stuff, you know, like yeah. I went to go see fucking George Washington's house, Thomas Jefferson's old gym and shit. Like I, I was seeing all that stuff and the Liberty Bell and, and all the stuff that's 300 fucking years old. And so yeah. I did not have a great time doing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could go back and give it a run. There's just other cities that I'm like, ah, I got to get to them first. So, I'll you know, I'll be I'll be kind of running through that. All right. Got any life advice before we get out of here? I don't have any. I actually need life advice from you, actually, this week. (laughs) I need some life advice badly. (laughs) I'm down bad. All right, so my fiance, my lovely fiance, she went to Spain a couple days ago to spend a couple weeks with her friends, right? Really happy for her. I'm sure it's going to be a great time. Yeah. But I haven't been alone for a month in a very long time. And, and, hey, bro, the the meals out here, the meals are getting tough out here. They're getting tough because yeah, yeah, I'm not a yeah. chef, you know. My lovely fiance okay. does a lot of the cooking. I do a lot of the cleaning, you know. So now on my own, I just need some advice. Like, how do you survive out here for three weeks without the person who's your crutch? Yeah, I mean, I've been basically living with my girl for five, seven years now almost. So, um, And she goes out of town all the time for, like, uh, her competitions and things like that. So... I kind of feel your pain there. Now I do a lot of the cooking, oh, so I, I see, have that. I see. You don't handle. skip a beat, though. But I'll tell. No, I can kind of keep that going. I'll tell you the hardest part is like keeping the rest of the life in check. I don't know what it is, but all of a sudden, like I'm just staying up late, bro. Like I'm not turning in work assignments. I'm like I don't know what's happening here, but like I don't give a. Fuck. I've been up until two thirty a.m. every single right, night since right. she's been gone. <laughs> It's the weirdest thing, dude. You're just like, I guess, I guess I'm back to being an animal. <laughs> you know, like you're like, I guess I'm back in the wild. It's like how they say that you can take like a domestic pig and put it out in the wild, and after like two years, it'll grow like a full set of hair and be like a wild hog. Like just that's that's exactly you know, what's I going on that, here. My my house is starting to look exa- like college again. Like yep, I got shit all yep, over the yep. counters. Like yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden so, the drinks are an starting empty bag earlier, of PDQ you know. on the counter. Like yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's getting ugly out here, and I'm like, Damn. it gets ugly. You're ordering like twice. You're like, who gives a fuck? I'm ordering like. And you, you just, you know, you turn back into that little bit of a wild animal and you just, it just like happens. Right. Just happens. I started drinking start a beer early late. in the afternoon, forgot about it, came yep. back, drank it at night. Like, it, I'm just like a whole different right. person now. Yeah, it is. It's funny. And you'll snap back and you're like, oh, thank God you're back. Like, things were getting bad. You know, I was, I was starting to, starting to bang a tin can against steel bars looking for change. I've worn the same shirt for three days now. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's like, you're like, all right, I'm putting the car in neutral. You know, I'm sleeping in the back seat. I don't give a fuck. It's, and and it, there's no rhyme or reason to it, man. It just happens. They leave and you're like, all right, I guess I'm, I guess I'm back to being a fucking degenerate. Like I've done this for long enough. And it's so, it's so funny how easy you slot back into doing that. Like you just do it done instant there's no like 
oh, three days of you holding on to your dignity. It's like they leave the house, and like two seconds later, you're like, I'll drink a beer. I'll smoke a blunt. Exactly. I guess guess I'm going to fucking order food. You're like, I don't fucking care. What's on today? Oh, good. Sports. Thank God. I'll just hide in sports. Yeah. It's just a a funny fucking thing. It's It's, uh, 2 p.m. on Saturday, and I'm like, well, I might as well get bombed, right? Like, not like I have anything to do. Yeah. 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 That's the way it happens. You're like, ah, like 2.30 rolls around. My work takes a hit. Everything takes a hit. I'm like, I can't deal with this. I just try to play a game of like prolong the work. You know, I'm laying down bunts trying to move runners. Over. <laughs> They're like, Matt, just swing at the ball. I'm like, nah, I don't even care. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not even running out to first base. They throw me out. The coach chews me out. I don't give a fuck. You know, I'm pecking a fight with the umpire. I'm like, throw me out of the game. I'm going to the dugout. So. It's a funny world, but you're right. It you just turn back into that fucking animal. I'm gonna look so. like Tom Hanks and cast away by the time she gets <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah, she's gonna be like, What the fuck happened to you? I'm like, You, you happened to me. You fucking left. You know what you were I doing. Haven't you haven't eaten in weeks. I, I don't even, only thing I've eaten is pizza and french fries and none of them have been warm I'm ordering them, leaving them on the counter, eating them cold this whole fucking thing, I need rescue here uh, I did that exact same thing a couple of days ago that's actually yeah. accurate yeah. the playbook is universal you just turn back into a heathen You're like I don't give a fuck about anything it's nuts, it is so fucking crazy Especially if you don't have to like go into the office or see people. If you don't have to see people, it is fucking atrocious what can happen. Oh, I'm disgusting it's out here. Atrocious. I'm disgusting. Uh, yeah, the house yeah, is clean, yeah. but that's the only thing. <laughs> that's the only thing. I know. It's just a fucking grimy gutter lifestyle. All right. That's a wrap on another episode of the Pick and Play Show. Again, my name is Leo. You can find me at Pick and Scroll. Gordo, you can find at Pick and Play 37. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, a review, share with a friend. Most importantly, share with a friend. We need as many people in here listening as possible. And for anyone who's interested, the song of the week, Free Smoke by Drake. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Take it easy.